This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. I am your host, Cole Stukenholtz. Big day today for Nebraska football. Northwestern comes to town. Chance for Nebraska to get back into the win column. That game starts at 3 o'clock. I am taking you right up to the Husker Sports Network coverage Starting at 10, I've got Michael Brunts from 24-7 Sports coming up here in a little bit. We'll talk on uh, the week that was, kind of how the the players and coaches reacted to that Ohio State loss, what we expect to to see today in terms of uh, a bounce back. And uh, there's there's plenty to talk about. I tell you what, that game last week, um, yeah, we... uh, we we all I think we're on the same page in terms of who was going to win that game, but I don't think anybody saw the style or the manner in which that was uh, uh, the w- the way it went down. That was different. I think that was different than everybody saw it in their heads. Nebraska was not close to the number five team in the nation. Now the number four team in the nation, Ohio State. And there's a long way to go for this program to get back to nationally relevant consistently. And that starts today. Even though Northwestern is not a good team, they're 1-3 on the year. Their offense is awful. Um, This is an important game for a lot of reasons. It's a Big Ten West game. It's a game that gives Nebraska a chance to wipe out a pretty bad taste out of their mouths. It's a team that, frankly, Nebraska has struggled to solve. Back-to-back seasons, they have lost to Northwestern in overtime. And Northwestern, despite being 1-3 and and not very good offensively, they just about played Wisconsin to within one score. They lost 24-15, mostly because they went for two on uh, a touchdown when they shouldn't have. It should have been 24-17. It would have been a one-score game, but I digress. Um, So we're going to break a lot of that down. Uh, Okay, so I was thinking about this. Have you, so a lot of you, I'm sure, have kids. And if you don't have kids, you've got cousins or you've got nieces and nephews. Kids are, uh, they're, they're difficult to, to manage sometimes. And when you add more, uh, when, you, when you change things, when you, when you add other variables into the, uh, into the equation, things get more difficult, right? So we have four kids. Our, our youngest is just four months old. And going places now is a little different than it was when we had three or two or one kid, or obviously when we had no kids. Every time you you change something, you know, maybe it's a, like something we do every year, we go to the pumpkin patch in October. So here we are in October, we're figuring out, okay, what's the good day we're going to go, we're going to try to go on a weekday so it's not crazy busy. And I'm anticipating it being a little bit different with a four-month-old in tow, in addition to the other three than it was last year with just those three, right? Because you're adding something different. Even though the older kids are bigger, ideally they're more mature, 
it's different when you introduce a a more needing attention person uh, into the mix. They're not going to get the attention that they got last season when we went to the pumpkin patch. They're not going to get the attention. Um, and so your your attention has to go elsewhere. You're not focused as much on uh, on their needs. And maybe they are a little bit more thrown to prone to throwing a fit. Maybe one of them is not feeling well and gets sick and throws up all over themselves. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong when you might be doing the same thing that you had done just the year before, but people grow, people change, situations change, and all of a sudden uh, that, that trip to the pumpkin patch that you just had the year ago does not seem near as smooth as it did the year before. And Nebraska, while they did not go to the pumpkin patch last week, they played a team that they played last year in Ohio State. They played with the same quarterback that you would have thought would have gotten more mature, would have gotten better, would have taken steps forward. But there's also the the side of it where, look, this offense, you weren't sure how you were going to replace some of those players from the offense last year. No more Stanley Morgan, no more Divino Zigbo, no more Gerald Foster and Tanner Farmer on the offensive line. And so maybe the attention of the offensive staff is focused a little bit more on those guys' replacements. You're not as focused on the the then freshman Taylor Mar- or gosh, I did it. I did it. Told myself I wasn't going to do it. Not Taylor. Then freshman quarterback Adrian Martinez last year. This year he's a sophomore. Scott Frost has talked all year. Hey, he's he's maturing, he's growing, he's getting nothing but better. We're going to be able to put more on him. We can count on him to do this and do that, and he's going to be able to handle it because he's great. And that may be true, but it hasn't looked that way, and I think it hasn't looked that way at least partially because they've been focused elsewhere a little bit. You don't have a, a four-month-old on the football team, obviously, but you've got new starters on the football team. You've got a guy like Cam Jurgens who's never played center in a game. He's a redshirt freshman, injured a lot in the last couple of years in high school in his redshirt season, and he's got some things to work through. That first game, a lot of high snaps, especially the one that went about 20 yards behind Martinez. Got it fixed for a couple of games, and then it kind of came back against Illinois, and there it was again against Ohio State. Staff's got to pay a little bit more attention to that. Not as much as as you did with Adrian Martinez a season ago. Wide receivers? You're trying to replace Stanley Morgan. You knew you weren't going to be able to do it with one guy, and so you have to do it collectively. And that hasn't gone as planned either. Wandale Robinson has been, I think, as advertised, but there's also the other part of Wandale Robinson where you you need him at running back as well. You can't just count on him at receiver. If he wasn't able to play running back against Illinois, Nebraska probably loses that game. So to count him as a wide receiver only, you can't do it. So Conavainoa, great touchdown catch against Northern Illinois right before the half. Not, not much production otherwise. Cade Warner played a lot last year. Can't, can't, get, behind, can't get ahead of those injuries this season. He's, he's been sidelined a lot. Reaggravated that injury this week, by the way, in practice. Not sure if he'll be able to go. Troy Walter says he's day to day. And then you look at running back. Yeah, Divino Zigbo, 
nobody was counting on him to do much coming into the season, but man, he turned it on and made that senior season count. Thousand yard back. Now, Maurice Washington thought he could maybe fill that spot, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think when he's been on the field, he's been pretty darn good, but you got to be able to stay out there and, and get a little bit more quantity with that quality. Dedrick Mills, he's had fumble problems. Seems to be coming into his own a little bit, hopefully. Had a nice game uh, against Ohio State, which you couldn't say that for mo- many players on Nebraska's team. Scored the only touchdown for Nebraska. It's, it's not easy to make changes on the fly like that and have it all go seamlessly. It's not easy to all of a sudden uh, upgrade from three kids to four kids and expect that trip to the pumpkin patch to go off without a hitch. I'm not suggesting that Nebraska threw up all over themselves, though some might say that. But I guess the point is, it's not a seamless transition. Um, you've got to have a lot of growth throughout the season. You've got to have a lot of, you know, a lot of hard conversations about things that you're doing well, things that you're doing wrong. Um, you know, kids got to understand that their roles may change and they have to be okay with that. You got a guy on the defensive side of the football today whose role changed coming into this season, started 11 games last year. This year he's been a backup every game. Today he's going to get a chance to start, and that's Ben Stilley. Khalil Davis, as I'm sure you've heard, suspended for today's game against Northwestern. Ben Stilley has not started a game this year. He'll get that opportunity today. He started 11 games last year, second on the team in sacks with five a season ago. So things change. you got to roll with those punches, and when you have those opportunities, you got to take advantage of them. We'll see if Stilley can do that today. Can Maurice Washington be healthy enough to stay on the field and provide more production for that offense? Give Martinez a little bit more help back there so it's not all on his shoulders. Look, Martinez last season as a freshman, he did play extremely well. He ran that offense very efficiently. There's a reason why people had him in their Heisman odds. Part of it was to get some money from Nebraska fans, but it's neither here nor there. He was really good. A lot of people thought that he was going to be really good again. And he's not been awful. A little later on, I'll, I'll go through some com- comparisons to, to where Martinez's season is now relative to a, a couple other sophomore quarterbacks that you might re- recognize. I just think that with, with all these changes, it's yes, it's, it's certainly okay to expect a little bit more out of this team so far. Had a game that you should have won in Boulder. That turns into a loss. You've got a game against Ohio State where, yeah, obviously Ohio State's a lot better. Are they 41 points better? They were on Saturday, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a, 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 that's not the only indicator. Certainly they're better. Nobody's going to argue that. But I think there's more there's more growth to be had this season. This story's not written. Adrian Martinez, the quote that's been all over this week, this game will not define our season, referring to the Ohio State game. And there's a stretch of games coming up right now 
that maybe will define this season. You've got two games, a bye, and then two more games. And they are very important. You can get on a roll here, and then who knows what can happen. Maybe you do get that rematch with Ohio State and Indianapolis. That's a long way down the road. But all four of these next games, they're probably going to be a little bit of an underdog out at Minnesota next week. But Northwestern at home, Indiana at home after a bye, and then at Purdue. You're probably going to be favored in three of those four, and you're going to be pretty darn close to Minnesota. Then you got another bye before you face Wisconsin in Lincoln. You go 4-0 and in those games, even 3-1. and That gets you to bowl eligibility at a minimum. And then you're just playing with house money at that point, right? you got Wisconsin, Maryland, and Iowa to finish up the season. There's a lot of growing that can still happen this year. It's not just a 48-7 loss. All right, let's hang it up. I think you're going to see a team that's going to show you who they really are today. They face an offense that's not very good. That defense is going to have a chance to make a lot of plays, get some turnovers, get some negative plays. And that offense is going to have a shot against a very good defense. Northwestern's defense is very solid. They're very fundamentally sound, as always, under Pat Fitzgerald. But they're going to have an opportunity today to get back on the right foot. Got a lot to go over in the show today. Uh, some some pretty stunning statistics from uh, last season's Northwestern game. If you've forgotten them, if you've blocked them out of your memory, that awful come-from-ahead loss in overtime, I'll go ahead and dig those right back up for you. As I touched on, a couple comparisons to Adrian Martinez and where he's at in his sophomore year. And then Michael Brunts from 24-7, he's going to join us as well. So we got plenty coming up here on the show. Taking you right up to the Husker Sports Network pregame starting at 10. And then kickoff right here on KLIN at 3 o'clock. Also, keep it tuned here for Jack Mitchell and I. We're going to be out at the Cornhusker Marriott, giving you updates from there. The Killigans play. 10% of all the proceeds to that tailgate are going to the uh, Salute to Heroes. Great cause. So come out and see us there at the Cornhusker and see the Huskers off. They come to load the buses uh, around 1230 or 1245. Plenty more coming up here. Michael Brunts in our next segment. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. What if I told you there was a way to step into another gear for your brain and be much sharper, more focused, and improve your memory to a level that you could only dream about? And notice these results in 30 minutes. Hard to believe? Neuroscientists are calling this new brain discovery the biggest advancement in brain science to date. It's called Limitless, the brain pill of the future. Take it, and within 30 minutes, you'll transport your mind to a new level of focus and clarity you would have never thought possible. I took Limitless, and it started working in minutes. 
All of a sudden, it felt like a dark cloud had been lifted up right before my eyes. I have a mental clarity I've never felt before. BizExacts athletes, teachers, and students are calling Limitless a secret weapon for the brain. You have nothing to lose, so call now and find out how to get a free bottle today. To find out how to get your free bottle of Limitless, call 800-681-9429. That's 800-681-9429. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now, 800-681-9429, 800-681-9429. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour here. Cole Stukenholz with you, taking you right up to the Husker Sports Network pregame coverage at 10. Kickoff with Northwestern at 3 o'clock. Of course, as always, a Radio Sync broadcast. Turn down that TV and turn up your radio. And keep your radio turned up right now for Husker 24-7's Michael Brunts joining us here on the line. Brunts, how are you doing this morning? No complaints, Cole. How are you? Good. I, I let's, let's get this out of the way first before we dig into some football. Nebraska basketball gets Rick Ross, and you think that things are finally turning around, and then you see what what happened down in Lawrence, Kansas yesterday with Snoop Dogg and some pole dancers. What is going on? Is is college basketball just trying to one up Nebraska basketball now? Well, and, and not only that, but the the apology release referred to them as acrobatic dancers. Ah, which uh, that's a that's a new one for me. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, KU was hoping for the family-friendly version, and they got the uh, usual Snoop Dogg, unfortunately, for them. Oh, man. I, I saw some of that stuff on, on Twitter last night, and I just I, I couldn't believe it, but then again, I did believe it because I think uh, I think Kansas is just going all in on, on flouting the NCAA at this point. Well, there was a money gun, right? Like, is that yeah. what I also saw? Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna just go all in, I mean, you may as well just do it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like the Brian Bosworth of the Big Twelve now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Bill Self will come out looking like that with the uh, the headband and the buzz cut. Um, <laughs> all right, let's dig in a little bit to this. Uh, let's go uh, all in on uh, Nebraska Northwestern. Uh, kind of a tough week, I think for players and coaches in terms of taking questions about what happened against Ohio State. What did you see? How did you think they kind of are, are approaching this week uh, relative to, to what just happened last Saturday? Yeah, you know, I actually thought, you know, at least outwardly it seemed like the the team and, and the coaching staff has kind of moved past that Ohio State game. I mean, Adrian Martinez, you know, barely addressed it during his Monday press conference. There weren't a ton of players that, you know, we're really talking about it. And, you know, I, I think the thing about it, you know, kind of the way the schedule lines up right now, you've got, you know, Northwestern, you've got Minnesota. I mean, these are two really key games in the Big Ten West for Nebraska season. Not only, you know, when you start talking about maybe being in the mix for a potential uh, division title, but also, you know, just in, in terms of bowl eligibility and just kind of getting right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, with Northwestern, these games have always been close. Any Nebraska player that's been around for any amount of time knows that Northwestern is going to be, uh, you know, a pretty decent team uh, that, that you can't overlook. So I think it does kind of fall at the right time coming off of the way that Ohio State game went for them. Yeah, and Nebraska is going to see an offense coming in today that is not very good. They're bottom 10 nationally in passing offense, total offense, scoring offense. Uh, they're bottom 20 in third down offense and red zone offense. 
And they've had to play a couple of quarterbacks, their best receivers out today. Not sure who's going to be able to play for them at running back. The black shirts have a chance to really get right today, right? They do. I mean, I, I think, you know, for Nebraska, it just comes down to stopping the run, uh, making Northwestern beat you through the air, and, and I think they'll be okay. Uh, you know, there's an opportunity, I think, for Nebraska's defense to get a couple turnovers. Um, you know, I, I know the the narrative about Northwestern is they're a, you know, a steady team that doesn't beat themselves, but they have turned the ball over uh, 11 times in four games so far this season. So, um, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, not, not maybe not the, the your, your older brother's Northwestern team. They're definitely kind of trying to find themselves on offense. So I, I think that's, you know, the, the right team at the right time for Nebraska, Nebraska's defense, you know, the, the kind of, Flip side to that is, too, I mean, you know, in 2015, nobody would have figured that Clayton Thorson was going to look like Michael Vick uh, <laughs> when he came to Lincoln. So uh, you, you do kind of have to be careful. But, um, you know, I, I think this is a matchup that, that, you know, bodes pretty well for Nebraska's defense. Michael Bruns from Husker 24-7 joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Let's switch to Nebraska's offense here. In the week, Scott Frost asked a lot of questions about Adrian Martinez. At one point, literally said, I don't know why I need to defend him so much. It, it, I think it came through to me as I'm not going to criticize my players, but Martinez was dealing with some some issues on the offensive line, was dealing with some issues at wide receiver. Frost didn't come out and call those position groups out by name by any means, but that's kind of the sense I got. What did you think of the way Frost talked about Martinez uh, and, and you know, frankly didn't talk about other position groups that really weren't pulling their weight on Saturday either? Yeah, I, I think... You know, Adrian Martinez definitely, you know, when he's thrown at times, has not looked as decisive and in, in the decision when to tuck it and run hasn't looked the way that he did last year. That being said, I, I do think that, you know, he, his, he's kind of become the catch-all guy for a lot of the issues that are happening with Nebraska's offense right now. I mean, the, the offensive line has not been good, uh, you know, in, in recent games. Uh, the snaps are still questionable. Uh, you know, Adrian Martinez has not had a ton of time. You also look at just the fact that the wide receivers really haven't been getting open that much, aside from J.D. Spielman and Wandale Robinson. Uh, that's another concern. So, you know, I, I get what Scott Frost is doing. I mean, I, I think the offense has a lot of issues, but, you know, if you kind of go down that path as a head coach, um, it, it, it can be kind of a bad look. And I, I, don't, I don't think that Scott Frost really – uh, wants to criticize his players. Uh, I think he's made that abundantly clear. So, you know, that that's kind of why I think he reacted the way that he did this week. But I think, you know, as, as I think Adrian Martinez is due a little bit of criticism. But at the same time, I, I think that the pieces around him as well uh, also deserve a share of that as, uh, as well. Health-wise for Nebraska, uh, Maurice Washington's kind of dealt with some stuff on and off the field both of the last two weeks. Uh, he's, he's run on and off the field, just, you know, been able to play a couple of plays and that's about it. Um, any sense that he's more healthy today and might be able to, to contribute a little bit more quantity with his quality plays that he's had? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, it was a concussion issue at Illinois. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, you know, how, how the ankles are. I think that's what it was, uh, against Ohio state when he kind of got hit low early, but, you need him on the field for, for four quarters if you can because, you know, he, he's the the type of athlete that, that not a lot of teams have and it certainly, you know, stands out among Nebraska's athletes. So you got to get him out there. Um, 
you know, that, that that's a big question mark for me. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Nebraska's done an okay job of, you know, with, with the I-formation stuff, of maybe adjusting to him not being in there. But uh, Nebraska's going to have to run the ball today, whether that's uh, Mills or Washington or maybe even see a little bit of Ramir Johnson. I mean, that, that's kind of another guy we've kind of been waiting to see this season that hasn't been out there much. Another couple of minutes here with Michael Bruns from Husker 24-7. Nebraska-Northwestern's been a series that has been – uh, by all accounts, just insane. You've had the Hail Mary. You've had close games. Northwestern's only lost once in Lincoln since the big since Nebraska switched to the Big Ten. It was the Hail Mary game. Last two have been decided in overtime. Uh, what is it about Northwestern that that brings out the drama from Nebraska? And do you expect a do you expect a close game today, despite the issues that we've kind of documented about Northwestern's offense? Uh, are you seeing another overtime game in their future? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, as much as, you know, I just said Northwestern's been turning the ball over this year, I mean, historically they've been a, a program that plays a ton of close games. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you saw last year a lot of those close games went their favor, then, then they go to Indianapolis. Um, you know, I, I think what what the reason why they always play Nebraska so tight is, you know, historically in the last, you know, eight, ten years, those that's not what Nebraska's been. Nebraska turns the ball over a lot. Uh, they've made mistakes. They kind of beat themselves. So, you know, in, in that way, I think it's kind of a perfect matchup for a team like Northwestern where, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do and then kind of wait for Nebraska uh, to have their issues. So um, I, I, I think I'm still predicting Nebraska is going to win today. I think it's going to be close because, uh, you know, that Northwestern defense is pretty good, uh, I, I think. So, I think I said 27-22 uh, Nebraska, but you know, again, it's going to be one of these one of these afternoons where Nebraska's going to have to be efficient on offense uh, and just kind of keep things in front of them on defense. 27-22. I think that's the same score that Nebraska had when they were at Indiana uh, in 2016. That was the crazy like Stanley Morgan comes back to the ball and runs like 80 yard touchdown. Yeah, that was the. Uh, I believe Danny Langsdorf called that play signature Tommy play after yes. the game. What he yes. called it. So yeah, that's right. That's uh, I'm expecting a little bit of weirdness today, but I think Nebraska gets back uh, in the wing call. Good deal. Well, speaking of weirdness, let's, I just want to wrap up with this. I found the uh, the statement from Jeff Long, the Kansas athletic director. Um, he says uh, regarding the Snoop Doggy deal last night, I take full responsibility for not understanding what acrobatic dancers are in today's entertainment world and offer my personal apology to anyone who was offended. Do you think, do you think that suffices now? Is everything good? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, it says something about the University of Kansas, I think, that uh, some acrobatic dancers are probably the least of their worries right now uh, when it comes to issues. Uh, with the NCAA, so it's uh, yeah, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I'm, I'm curious to see if that's the end of AU's run of, of rappers at, at these events because they had the Rick Ross, uh-huh. uh, now Snoop Dogg. So that, that might be uh, that might be uh, you might be getting like a a gold contemporary star next time. Lisa Loeb, come see her at the Fog. <laughs> that 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 gets the the crowd of Kansas going is a little Lisa Loeb, maybe it's Michael McDonald. Yes. I'm going to be there. All right, Michael Brunts, 24-7. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you up there in the press box. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. All right, Michael Brunts, thanks a lot to him for joining us. Uh, I'll tell you what, that thing, if you're not on, if you're not on social media or if you had not seen any uh, reports on that deal, 
Um, that is something that uh, that went down there in, in Lawrence. Um, Rick Ross. That was that. It, it was it was a, a from what I understand a pretty family friendly event. Uh, this was not that Kansas thing was was definitely different. So, but hey, good for Kansas. You know, they're going down. They're going to go down in flames, uh, and they're going to go down on their terms. We'll see what uh, we'll see what the NCAA does with uh, with that whole deal. All right, back to Nebraska and Northwestern when we come back. Uh, I've got some stats that are going to blow your mind regarding Nebraska Northwestern 2018. You may remember them. You may have heard them a year ago, and you might have forgotten them, blocked them from your memory. We're going to dig all that up again when we come back. Stay tuned. KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. All right, as promised, let's get into this thing. Nebraska Northwestern 2018. If you forgot, I'm going to dig it all up for you right now. 34-31 in overtime, sent Nebraska to 0 and six last year, and uh, was was as uh, gut wrenching a game as I've ever seen, considering the context. Uh, so some of the stats that from from that game are just mind boggling. Uh, the fourth quarter was where it all kind of fell apart, and, and it was late. Nebraska led by ten late. Northwestern got a field goal. Nebraska went three and out, uh, and Northwestern. Did not have much left. They had no timeouts. And when they started their last drive, they were on their own one-yard line with two minutes and two seconds to go. And they went 99 yards in eight plays to tie it. All right, let's... Okay, so in the fourth quarter alone, entering the fourth quarter, Northwestern had 237 total yards. In the fourth quarter alone... Northwestern got 244 yards. One rushing play for negative 10. I'm pretty sure it was a sack. They abandoned the run. Northwestern only had 32 rushing yards in the game. Negative 10 rushing and 254 yards passing in the fourth quarter alone. Clayton Thorson, as Michael Brunt said, turned into, I forget who he compared him to. Turn him into a good quarterback. Uh, he was he threw sixty five passes in the game. Thirty of them were in the fourth quarter. Uh, in the in the game, Nebraska committed nine penalties to Northwestern's one. If you recall, uh, middle of last year, Nebraska was just getting penalized left and right for just about everything. Finally, turned it around the last half of the year. But nine penalties for eighty nine yards for Nebraska in that game last year. Only one for Northwestern. The, the most startling part of that, of those nine penalties for Nebraska, five of them gave Northwestern a first down, and three of those five were in the fourth quarter. Nebraska just handed Northwestern three first downs in that crucial fourth quarter on penalty. And Nebraska's offense, look, it was starting to figure it out. 231 yards rushing, 251 yards passing. Martinez was 25 for 35, 7.2 per attempt, 10 yards per completion. One touchdown. Did throw two picks. Northwestern also converted two fourth downs in that fourth quarter. Total plays, Northwestern had 88 plays in that game, 
31 of them were in the fourth quarter alone. All right. Let's get rid of that thing. <sighs> Just wash it away. Told you a little bit about how Northwestern struggled offensively. And look, part of this is based on the teams that they've played. They've played, of, of their four games they've played, they're one and three. Those three losses are all to teams who were ranked at the time. They were all ranked preseason. Nebraska was also ranked preseason. They're not ranked now. Uh, but that just goes to show you uh, Wisconsin or Northwestern had a front-loaded schedule. Of their first six games, of their first seven games, six of them were ranked preseason. They lost at Stanford 17-7, to beat UNLV after a bye week, lost to Michigan State 31-10, lost last week at Wisconsin 24-15. to Get Nebraska, and then after that, they have a bye, and then they play Ohio State and Iowa. That's good. That's good. Um, so part of the reason that they are struggling offensively is that they've played Stanford and Michigan State and Wisconsin. All three of those schools are known for great defense. That being said, you'd still want to show a little bit. You'd want to have some signs of life. These are their uh, national statistical rankings. Rushing offense, 77th nationally, 151 per game. Passing, 121st nationally, 141 yards per game. Passing, 141 yards passing per game. That's what they average. Total offense, 292. They're averaging less than 300 yards per game. That's 126th nationally. Scoring offense, 15.5 points per game, 128th nationally. Third down offense, they're 34% on third down. That's 110th nationally. And in the red zone, they've converted just 71% of the time. That's 114th nationally. By the way, there are 130 teams in the FBS. I still like to call it 1A and 1AA. Uh, But in the FBS, they are bottom 10 in passing total and scoring offense, and they are bottom 20 in third down and red zone offense. They're struggling because their quarterbacks are struggling. They've played a couple. Well, they've played three. One of them got injured in the first game. Um, Hunter Johnson and Aiden Smith are the two guys they've got. Hunter Johnson, tell me if this sounds familiar, Hunter Johnson is a former five-star recruit to a southern school, a national power, transferred into a Big Ten school. Only difference here between Justin Fields is uh, he had to sit last year. Justin Fields, uh, also a five-star former recruit, Fields got a waiver to start right away. Fields transferred from Georgia. Hunter Johnson transferred from Clemson. Johnson this year is at 48% passing with 367 yards. Aiden Smith, their backup, he's thrown four interceptions too, Johnson, by the way. One touchdown, four picks. Aiden Smith also has played a decent amount this year. He's only at 38% passing for 137 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. The run game... They've got a couple guys banged up there. You don't know if Isaiah Bowser is going to be able to go today. Drake Anderson is their leading rusher with 300 yards this season and three touchdowns, five yards per carry. Not bad. Uh, Receiving-wise, Northwestern will be without their best receiver today. Bennett Skoranek has 12 catches for 141 yards this season. He's not going to be able to play. Uh, J.J. Jefferson is uh, their second leading receiver. He's got two scores with 107 yards receiving on just six catches. Defensively is where Northwestern is going to hope to keep this game close. 
you you recognize some of the guys they've got. Patty Fisher, Joe Gaziano, uh, Travis Willock is their leading tackler with 37 per game, or 37 total, um, and he's got one sack on the year as well. Gaziano's got two and a half sacks. He's their leading sack man. So this game, if, if Northwestern's going to keep it close today, they're going to want to ugly it up. They're going to need to get lucky with a turnover, get them in good field position, and have a short field to operate because they are not putting together a whole lot of 75-yard drives. And and to that point, Nebraska's done a pretty poor job with field position this season. So Northwestern really does have an opportunity there. If, if Northwestern can force a three and out, force Nebraska into a punt, Isaac Armstrong's had his moments this season, but he's not been extremely consistent. So if you get a, a shank punt, Northwestern could have the ball not far from midfield, and they might be able to do something with it. I mean, you look at the game last week alone. Ohio State is capable of going as far as they need, and yet they're set up with an interception on the first drive. They only have to go 50 yards. Nebraska goes three and out. They have a bad punt. Ohio State's second drive only has to go 60 yards. Their next touchdown drive, another interception set it up. That's a 50-yard drive in three plays. Nebraska goes three and out again. They have to punt again, another poor punt, and it's a 55-yard touchdown drive. Their longest drive of the first half, Ohio State's last week, was 90 yards, and that one ended in a field goal. You make them go longer, the touchdown likelihood goes down. I know I'm breaking news here. Their last touchdown drive of the first half went 72 yards. Their, their only touchdown drive of the second half went 67 yards. So by then, that thing's over. But I guess my point is, Nebraska's not put that stress on offenses near enough. And that's not on the defense. That's on the offense and the special teams. Coming into the Ohio State game, Nebraska's defense had given up 12 touchdowns, and only five of them excuse me, only seven of them uh, went longer than 50 yards. Five of those 12 touchdown drives Nebraska's defense had given up started on the plus side of the field for the opposing offense. That is not going to get it done. You can't operate like that as a football team and expect to stop the other team from scoring touchdowns. That is all the more important today. Northwestern knows their offense is not explosive. They know they're not going to put up a lot of yards and points. So you better believe that film study, uh, they saw what Illinois' defense did to Nebraska, forcing four fumbles, punching at the ball, ripping at the ball, every single tackle. Northwestern's absolutely going to try to do that today. You get one of those turnovers, you set your offense up in the plus side of the field, you give them an opportunity to score points and get, get ahead, keep it close, get a little confidence, that changes the whole dynamic of this game if they can pull something like that off. So you have to take care of the football if you're Nebraska, first and foremost. Even if you're not extending drives, you can't give away turnovers. You can't give the ball to Northwestern in good field position. And on special teams, Isaac Armstrong, you got to be consistent. you got to get some height. you got to get some distance. And, and, and if you are able to keep Northwestern in those, those long fields, if you're setting them up on their own 40, on their own 30, on their own 25, 20 if you punt one into the end zone, 
Northwestern's not going to score points today. That's, that's the key. If you can take care of the football, not turn it over on offense, if you can make sure that your punt game is sound and you get some good kicks off, you get good coverage downfield, don't allow for returns, Northwestern's offense is not going to be able to do much against this blackshirt defense. They're just not. Unless they are playing way out of character from what we've seen this season, Nebraska's defense should have a pretty good day today. Especially considering the fact that Northwestern, as bad as their offense already is, is without their leading receiver, might be limited at running back, might be limited at quarterback as well. That's the that's some of the keys to watch for uh, in today's game. Offensively, take care of the ball. Defensively, just don't just don't give up the big play. Keep everything in front of you. Northwestern is not explosive. And things should go pretty well for you. Got my pick coming up a little bit later. We'll touch on a few more of the keys to the game, other things to watch today. And we'll uh, we'll dig in a little bit more to Adrian Martinez and, and what he's looked like here in this sophomore season. If you haven't seen some of the comparisons to other sophomore quarterbacks, uh, stick around. I'll go over that with you next. Uh, It might open your eyes a little bit to just how he has played this season with his his supporting cast. That's all coming up here as we take you right up to Husker Sports Network pregame coverage before Northwestern Nebraska today here on KLIN. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Are your favorite memories of family the gifts and trinkets you were given or the time invested in the relationship? Of course we remember the efforts someone made on our behalf more than the items we re-gift or donate to a thrift shop. Likewise, your family will always appreciate the effort you made to have your funeral arrangements taken care of ahead of time. The indecision and financial burden that can be avoided will always be appreciated by those you cared for the most. If we can assist you in walking through some of these decisions, give us a call. Be Theris Mason and Love at 40th and A Street, recommended by family and friends. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Thanks for spending some of your Saturday with us. I'm Cole Stukenholtz here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Kickoff Nebraska Northwestern is at 3 o'clock. You can hear Jack Mitchell and I cutting into uh, here and there and uh, during the pregame coverage here on KLI. And we'll be at the Cornhusker Marriott as we always are for home games. Come out and see us. Come out and see the football team. Get on the buses. They stay at the Cornhusker. They load the buses. There's a, a big line of fans right in front. The pet band is there. The Killigans are there. They've got great food and beverages. Uh, 10% of the proceeds from the tailgate uh, is going to our uh, salute to the, to, to the salute to heroes, uh, which is a great cause. So come out and see Jack and I there um, here just, just in a little bit. I think it starts up at 10 o'clock. So I wanted to touch a little bit on this. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Martinez was uh, Nebraska's quarterback. Um, as a freshman starter, and then in his, you know, started two more years, got injured his senior season. So um, he started as a freshman, had a chance to follow that up with his sophomore season, just like Adrian Martinez. There have been some, you know, there's, there's obviously been criticism of Adrian Martinez, and some of it's warranted, I think. Um, and and Brunson and I touched on it earlier, some of its inconsistency, um, some of its indecisiveness. Uh, but there's a lot other there's a lot of other factors in that. You got to have 
good offensive line protection. You got to have good getting off the ball and, and getting off the line and running good routes from your receivers. Uh, there's there's more to it than just Adrian Martinez playing well. All that said, this is a comparison uh, through the first five games of the season for Adrian Martinez compared to not the same offense, but a similar offense back in 2011, Taylor Martinez. Different skill sets, I think, for the quarterbacks too, but here's the numbers. Adrian, through five games, sophomore year, 59.5% passing. Taylor Martinez, 48.5% passing. Passing yards, Adrian, 1,099. Taylor, 823. That's 8.7 yards per attempt for Adrian, just 7.7 yards per attempt for Taylor. Adrian's got seven touchdowns, five picks. Taylor had four touchdowns, five picks. Now, rushing yards, Taylor was more productive. You have 482 rushing yards and eight touchdowns for Taylor Martinez on the ground. Adrian's got 315 and three rushing touchdowns thus far through five games. Fumble totals, uh, this is a wild stat. Uh, Obviously, Adrian Martinez lost four fumbles. They're the only four fumbles he's had all year. All four of them have been lost to the other team, including one of them was the weird overturned pass that nobody did anything with for about five seconds that Illinois grabbed and they gave him the ball. Four fumbles, all four lost for Adrian through five games. In 2011, Taylor Martinez had nine fumbles. He lost none of them. None of them. He recovered most of them by himself, uh, and a few others recovered by Nebraska, or maybe one went out of bounds. Didn't lose a single one to the other team. Unbelievable statistic. That is why his nickname was T-Magic, I tell you what. So Adrian Martinez compares quite favorably, I think, to Taylor Martinez. And that fifth game, by the way, if you recall from 2011, that was the first year Nebraska played in the Big Ten. That fifth game for Taylor was at Wisconsin. That was when game day was at Madison, Wisconsin, Nebraska's first Big Ten game ever. And Taylor Martinez threw three interceptions on three consecutive drives at the end of the first half and to start the second half. So three of those five interceptions for Taylor Martinez came in that fifth game of the year to a top 10 team in the Big Ten in Wisconsin. Adrian Martinez, last week, plays a top 10 team in the Big Ten and throws three of his five interceptions in those first five games. Kind of wild. So I think those compare favorably. Adrian Martinez uh, completing 11% better in terms of his passes, a full yard per attempt more than Taylor as well, and three additional touchdowns through the air with the same number of interceptions, a little bit more ground production for Taylor, and not as many turnovers uh, as Taylor had, or as Adrian had. Uh, let's let's look this season as well, because, yeah, it's not exactly the same offense. Taylor wasn't as good a thrower, yada, yada, yada. How about a guy who just won a national championship in Trevor Lawrence? Again, both started as true freshmen. In fact, Adrian Martinez has started more games than Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence didn't start every single game last year. So Adrian has a little bit more experience than Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence gets all the plaudits because obviously he won a national championship. As well he should. He played great last year. This is their comparison through the first five games this season. Adrian, 59.5% passing. Trevor Lawrence, 61.8%. Martinez, 1,099 passing. Lawrence, 1,131 passing. A little bit better. 
Martinez still more yards per attempt. Bigger plays coming out of the Nebraska pass game. 8.7 yards per attempt for Adrian Martinez. 8.3 yards per attempt for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, like Martinez, has thrown five interceptions this season. And he's only thrown one more touchdown. Eight for Lawrence and seven for Adrian. Rushing, not as productive. 100 rushing yards compared to 312 for Adrian. He's got one additional rushing touchdown. He's got four touchdowns to Martinez's three. Also, Trevor Lawrence has not fumbled yet this season. So, Lawrence's numbers are better. But that being said, I think we'd all agree he's got a little bit more material to deal with. The talent on Clemson's roster is another level above Nebraska's on the offensive line, at the skill positions, at running back, receiver, tight end. Oh, by the way, the defense is a little bit better as well. So not as much of the the burden is on Lawrence to perform. And schedule-wise, Clemson hasn't played anybody like Ohio State this season. Martinez, three of his five interceptions came against Ohio State last week. Lawrence has thrown five picks, has not played in Ohio State. They had a one-point victory against North Carolina this last week. They played against Texas A&M. Texas A&M's a pretty good defense. Uh, I think they won 24-10. to not a, not a huge offensive output there. So I guess I say all that to say, and these comparisons have been made all week, I, I get my one hour here all the way to the following Saturday morning after a game happens on a Saturday night. Scott Frost is not wrong when he says that he doesn't know why Adrian gets so much criticism. Does he deserve a little bit? Sure. He's not played as well as he had last year. But it's not all on him. I think everybody collectively, Nebraska fans, Nebraska media, national media, general observers of college football, in, in evaluating and projecting Nebraska 2019 based on 2018, I don't know that everybody, I don't know that anybody put near enough emphasis on the losses of Tanner Farmer and Gerald Foster on the inside of the offensive line. They had criticism too, but those guys were seniors. They had experience, bigger, stronger probably as well, and just they had more seasoning in there. And you also lost a thousand yard running back in Divino Zigbo, and you also lost the only thousand yard receiver in Nebraska history in Stanley Morgan. Unless you count the bowl game in nineteen seventy two. Then he's a second thousand yard receiver. But losing Farmer and Foster and Ozigbo and Morgan meant a lot more than I think anybody gave this offense credit for. Yeah, maybe we talked a little bit about yeah, we're gonna have to replace production at Stanley Morgan's position. It's not going to come from one guy. It's going to come from these guys. Those wide receivers haven't done it yet. Running back-wise, Mills is he's, he's kind of coming, but he got off to a pretty slow start. And Maurice Washington has, has been really good, but he's also been banged up. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. You kind of shudder to think about what this offense would be had they not gotten that commitment from Wandale Robinson. You're probably two and three right now without Wandale Robinson. You don't get his 127 yard or 168 yards against Illinois on 27 touches and three touchdowns. You lose that game in Champaign. 
flat out. So, and and we've look the the detail uh, the the offensive line issues have been well documented. Cam Jurgens has had trouble snapping the ball. Bo Wilson, Trent Hickson, those are the other guys on the inside. Bo Wilson started last year. Trent Hickson didn't. Uh, but the interior line has struggled. The the tackles have struggled at times as well. Although I think a lot of folks would struggle with Chase Young. So it's not all on Martinez, I guess, is what my point is. That being said, he can be more decisive. He can be uh, a little bit more willing to run instead of waiting on it and and say you know surveying the field for longer, trying to throw it. That's admirable. You want him to take that next step as a passer. But, man, his legs are a weapon, and I think that Nebraska's offense really, really needs it right now. So that is my breakdown of uh, today's game. Uh, we are going to be getting to it here uh, in about five hours. A 3 o'clock kickoff, Nebraska Northwestern. The Husker Sports Network pregame coverage is going to start up here right at 10. I'm going to take you right up until then. Back with my pick, my score for the game right after this. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Talking with Kerr Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Back here to wrap it up. Get you on to the Husker Sports Network pregame coverage that starts right here at 10. Nebraska-Northwestern, both of the last two games have ended in overtime. I don't think it's going to end in overtime today. Look, Northwestern's got a ton of injuries that they are dealing with. Their best receiver's out. They've already lost one quarterback for the season. Another one that's played the most is is banged up, may not be able to play well today, may not be able to play effectively. Um, Isaiah Bowser, they're, they're one of their running backs, um, he's struggled to stay healthy. He may not be uh, uh, full go today. Maybe he'll be able to play, maybe not. And And all that to say, Northwestern's offense, not real good. So... All of that added up. I think the Blackshirts get back to what they do best. Um, I think they're going to be getting some tackles for loss. Um, I think they're going to get at least a couple of turnovers. Uh, they had two turnovers in their first three games. Uh, they've fallen off of that pace since then. Only got one against Illinois and none against Ohio State. But they got two or more in those first three games. I think they get at least two today. And then on offense, look, you're going to see... Some more explosive plays today. Ohio State's defense is is something to behold, and I think Nebraska is going to be pretty happy to not have to see Chase Young coming off the edge. They're going to be pretty happy to not have to see Jeffrey Okuda out in the secondary picking passes off. I think Nebraska has uh, a, a decent day. They get a couple of big plays, um, and they end up winning this one today against Northwestern, 31-17. to all right, thank you for listening here to the KLI and Husker Hour. You can hear uh, Jack Mitchell and I out at the Cornhusker Marriott here in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to be calling in in the breaks during the uh, the Husker Sports Network pregame coverage. Uh, so keep it tuned right here or come out and see us. We're at the Cornhusker Marriott. The tailgate is going on. The Killigans are playing. The alumni pet band is out there. And you can see the players off onto the buses as they make their way over to Memorial Stadium. It's a great time. Thanks again for listening. And as always, go Big Red.